Praise God. Go ahead, turn with me. Revelation chapter number 4 this evening. Book of Revelation chapter number 4. And uh, boy, it's just amazing to me that uh, these songs have been on our heart. And it's so wonderful to be able to see that we do have a resting place. Uh, Some people do call it heaven. Some people call it paradise. But I'm thankful that I am not a citizen truly of this world forever. But I have a citizenship that is a better citizenship, Brother Earl. I have a citizenship that is from glory, hallelujah, boulevard. I'm thankful for that. And Revelation chapter number 4, very familiar. And you would say, Brother Shane, this is not talking about heaven. Oh, I must say that you may be mistaken that, wow, this is a door that is opened into a wonderful place called heaven. And I'm thankful for this. I love how we've gone through and we spent time in the book of Revelation and we enjoyed that study. I enjoyed that study. Hope you all did. But as we got through the first chapter and we see how uh, Jesus Christ is the one that has made all of this possible and we go through the church age in chapter number two and chapter number three. But at the conclusion of the church age, you have Revelation chapter number four and verse number one. And John the Revelator says this, after this... I looked, glory to God, (laughs) and a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, I love this, come up hither. Now, how many of you know what hither means? Now, I will say this, some of you Yankees probably don't know what hither is. But if you were raised in the South, you know exactly what hither is. As a matter of fact, my mother used to use that word when I was in trouble. Now, somebody's been going around telling everybody about my first name. My first name is not Shane. This is a surprising fact to some of you, I'm sure. But my first name is not Shane. But my mother never used my first name because my sister could not pronounce my first name. She was going to call me Jeremy. And I did not want to be called Jeremy for the rest of my life. My first name is Jeremy. My middle name is Shane and, of course, my last name, Roy. And you say, Brother Shane, why are you telling me this or why are you telling us this? Because my mother, when I was in trouble, would say, Jeremy, Shane, Roy, come up hither. And I knew I was in trouble, Brother James. I knew whatever I had done. I remember one time I was playing outside and I had gotten into a tree and I had climbed about two times the story of our house and my mom come out there and said, Shane, come home. And I said, I'm home. And she started looking around. I just started giggling. And finally she saw me up in that tree. She said, Jeremy, Shane, Roy, come hither. And guess what? Well, I'll just let you use your imagination what happened after that. But this is a wonderful time that we will call and hear these words. Why? Because God Almighty is calling His children home. 
What a wonderful time. Those that have uh, already passed away and closed their eyes in death and made, made their, they're crossing by way of the grave. They are already there in the, the, the grave that they will be resurrected from that grave. And thank God that we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And verse number 18 of 1 Thessalonians 4 is my favorite verse. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We've got a wonderful thing to look forward to, a wonderful time to look forward to. And he says, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately, thank God, immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, the throne was set in heaven and one that sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon uh, like a jasper and sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time that you've given to us. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to open your word. Lord, I thank you that we're able to open your word in a free country. Lord, we're able to open your word without fear and without uh, any uh, trembling that, that we will be uh, uh, brought to any kind of persecution or per, uh, prosecution right now. But God, we don't know that that will always be. But God, we pray that you continue to have mercy on our country. God, we're thankful that we can do this tonight, that we can open your word and proclaim your word and and praise your holy name in public. Lord, as we go out over the airwaves, Lord, and as we go across the internet and as we uh, go, uh, a sound of our voices here in this auditorium, Lord, I pray that you would bless, God, those that are hearing, Lord, the message. Lord, I know they've already been blessed by the songs that have been sung, but Lord, I beg you right now that you just hide me. Lord, behind the cross, Lord, let me preach, Lord, as you'd let me preach never before. Lord, I pray that you'd give me this, Lord, one day at a, one step at a time that I might be a blessing. But God, not because of people to look at me, but because I can make much of you. Lord, I pray you'd use me, Lord, tonight. Lord, if there's one that doesn't know you in the free pardon of sin and doesn't know that heaven is their home, God, I know that tonight can be the night because today is the day of salvation. Lord, if there's one that's grown cold, Lord, I beg you that tonight would be the night that you'd restore to them the joy of thy salvation. And Lord, if there's one that just wants to come and and spend some time around an altar tonight, God, I pray you'd give them the freedom, Lord, to be able to do so as well. Lord, I pray you would be with those that are bereaved tonight. Lord, I pray you'd touch those families, give them honor. Or Lord, I pray you'd give them peace and pray you'd give them comfort. Lord, I pray with those that are sick. Lord, we thank you for the the good news that we've heard about Brother Joel. And Lord, the good news we've heard about Brother Jeff. And and Lord, I pray that you continue to touch in those situations. Heal them, God. Raise them up that they'll serve you once more, Lord. Lord, we love you. We praise you. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen and amen. So when I look in these scriptures, there's a lot of speaking about this old world that which we dwell in at the present time. And when we begin to speak of the heartaches, when we begin to speak of the th- downfalls, the disappointments, the grief that we all come across, uh, make up this old world. To be honest with you, this is not a place that I want to be for all of eternity. There are some religions that will say, well, we're going to be on earth for, the, uh, for all of eternity. Thank God that's not where I am going to be. I have a place called home. It is an eternal home that I'm looking forward to. And as we look at this world, it seems like the wickedness is on every hand. To be honest with you, I remember days of my dad that would tell me stories and he'd say these crazy things were happening. And it seems like the crazy things of my dad's time are daily occurrences now. 
Not only is it a daily occurrence, but it, it also is open. They openly share their sin. They openly display their sin. They openly display their disregard for the Lord Jesus Christ. They openly share their disregard for God Almighty, for salvation, for any morality. They openly share these things. But I'm thankful that there's coming to a place, that we all get to go to a place where we can call our eternal home that will be none of those things present in this world, that are in this world. See, the Bible speaks of two final resting places. Would you believe that we make all these decisions every day, but yet eternity only has two? Two choices. You just have to choose one decision or the other. Either accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and spend eternity in heaven there with Him or reject Jesus Christ as your Savior and spend eternity in a place called hell. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ spoke so much about heaven and it's a wonderful thing that He did. He told us that He's going to prepare a place for us. I'm thankful that He is doing that. I look at this and I'm in amazement, Brother Steve, how I begin to see that God made everything that we see in this world in six days and yet for 2,000 plus years He has been working on a place called heaven for me and for you. Glory to God. Didn't that make us be excited about this place that He has been working on? And boy, that one place that we have, uh, we don't have to go there, that place called hell. And now in Psalm chapter number 9, it says this, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. This was a place that was prepared by God, not for you, not for me, not for those uh, uh, that are the human beings, but Lord, He's the one that had been given to us and He's been preparing that place for the, the devil and His angels. He doesn't want anyone to go to that place. He desires that not one of us ever enter into that place. But we have a choice to make, one of two choices. See, those that reject the Savior Jesus Christ are going to spend their eternal place in the punishment of hell. But God has prepared a place for us that have trusted by faith in Him. As a matter of fact, it's in John chapter number 14. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And this is the verse that I love in verse number 3 because he says this, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. That is a promise. He is coming back to this place to receive us and to receive you unto myself. I'm also thankful for this because in 1 Thessalonians 4, he says that the Lord himself, not somebody else. He's not sending someone to pick somebody up. He's not sending a courier to pick us up. He's not sending an angel, but the Lord himself. And he's saying that that I will receive you unto myself, that where I am there, ye may be also. What a wonderful thought to know. This place is a prepared place. And it is for prepared people. Now I know that I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crowd. I know that I'm preaching to people that uh, spend the majority of their time. Praise God. They do a lot of Bible study. They spend a lot of time. And I'm thankful for that. But we all have to make sure and know without a shadow of a doubt that we have trusted Christ as our Savior. We must know that in order to enter into this place called heaven. And see, I'm thankful that we are not citizens of this earth, but we have a place that's prepared for those saved. As a matter of fact, in Philippians 3, it says this, for our conversation, and that word actually means citizenship. See, I'm a citizen of the United States of America. I pay taxes. Hallelujah. (laughs) I am in Georgia. Hallelujah. 
or Georgie, as some people would say it. And I live in the city of Fayetteville. I pay more taxes. Hallelujah. But I'm thankful that that is not my eternal home. See, what does that glimpse of glory look like? Well, to be honest with you, a lot of times the glimpse of glory, the glimpse that we would see, the place called heaven that we're getting to go to, when when God opens that door and that door to heaven and He calls us up and says, come up hither, what is it that we're going to be able to enjoy in those places? Well, sometimes I have found that I enjoy places because of what's not there. Now, I I hope that faces didn't just go through your head when I just said that. We want everyone, and this should put a, 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 a thought in our life that we want to tell everyone about Lord Jesus Christ. We want everyone to know that there is a saving knowledge that they must come to. They want everyone to do that. And I remember that there were years ago when I was just a young boy, there was a group that actually sang a song about that, that what won't be there, what won't be in heaven. And there are some great things that we begin to look at and begin to think about as we we look at that. Well, the first thing that I see is that there's no darkness. How many of you, when you were young, were afraid of the dark? Some of you, praise God. Go ahead and admit to it. I, I, I know I, I was a little afraid of the dark. Um, I didn't know that the, I thought the boogeyman was, I was scared of him, but the find sounds out that found out he was scared of me, glory to God. But I was a little afraid of the dark and I was afraid. And I remember, and I've probably told you guys about this, but I remember there was a storm that came through and I was really scared of storms as well as just a child and this storm came through and brother James the lightning was flashing the thunder was rolling and we lived in one of those houses that was it was it was scary it was eerie it had these big old windows it had these big old trees that looked like hands that were coming through the shadows telling you It was just a scary place. And I remember that storm came through. And when that storm came through, the power went out and all the lights went out. And I started screaming like a wild banshee. I was scared. I started running down the hall. And when I ran down to the hall, about the time I got to the end of the hall, and I thought, I'm going to get to the living room, and Mama and Daddy will be there, and I'll be okay. And about the time I got there, somebody reached out and grabbed me and said, I got you. It got worse. Scared me to death. But it was my dad. Hallelujah. See, we're all scared of the dark. There are times that we have these things that happen to each and every one of us. But yet, this place has a place that is no darkness there. As a matter of fact, as it's described in Revelation chapter number 21, if you will, go ahead and flip over to Revelation chapter number 21. As we do this little Bible study tonight, there's no darkness In Chapter number 21 of the book of Revelation, verse number 25, it says, And the gates of it shall not be shut. At all by day, for there shall be no night there. There'll be no darkness, no night. There's a, as a matter of fact, let's just go ahead and admit to it, that always evil is always associated with darkness. And there's going to be... <laughs> this excites me. Why is there no darkness? Why is there no night? Why is there a need for that? Why? Because there is no devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. That right there is worth shouting for. That right there to know that we don't have to deal with the devil anymore. That right there that we, we don't have to worry about the darkness and the, uh, in glory. Why? In Revelation chapter number 20, just one chapter back, verse number 10, it says this, that the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone and where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and 
ever. You know what that tells me? That the devil is already taken care of in Revelation chapter number 20. So when I get to Revelation chapter number 21, when there's no evil because there's no devil, because there's no worry about any of those things that are happening. Why? Because God has already overcome. Because God has won the victory. What a wonderful thing to be able to see that we're fighting from victory, not for victory. We're thankful that we have that. Praise God that there's coming a day that we will not have to fight against the devil anymore. How many of you had to fight the devil today? How many of you had to fight the devil to get to church today? There are... I wasn't talking about your wives now. Some of you were looking at each other. Be careful. Some of you are fighting against the devil to get to church tonight, to be able to go and to be able to come and just spend a little time in the fellowship of, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, fellowship in the people of God, enjoy that good time. But thankfully, there's no darkness there. Why? Because there's no devil there. Why? Because God has already won that victory. He defeated the devil. He's already defeated the devil. So wonderful to know. And he is, is going to be cast into that eternal suffering that we have. And those that have trusted in Jesus Christ will be ever with the Lord Almighty. And there's no darkness, but there, also there's no sin. You say, Brother Shane, is, is that if we really begin to account to everything, and I'm one of those guys that kind of says, if this, then this, and if this, then this, and then if this, then this, and you whittle it down to the common denominator. Anybody else like that with me? I just whittle everything down. When you begin to see, well, what has caused all this and why is it, or how is it that we'll have no sin ever, forevermore? Because what has caused tri- tribulation and what has caused trials and what has caused the storms of life and what has caused problems, what causes those issues is sin. As a matter of fact, Romans tells us, Wherefore, by one man centered into the world, and death by sin, and the death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Sin is upon all of us. Because of one man. Because of one decision. <laughs> because of sin, many have suffered because of one man. <laughs> but it gets better. Why? Because... Because of one God, because of one Savior, because of one that came down and died for us. Hebrews says it this way in Hebrews chapter number 9, Neither by the blood of bulls and goats, but by his own blood he entered into once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. It's because of him that we have eternal redemption. It's because of him that we have a better resting place. It's because of him that we have a, a new citizenship. It's because of him that we will enjoy a place called heaven that is full of joy and peace and comfort forevermore. It's all because of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful promise that we have with him. And in Revelation chapter number 21, as we go back there, verse number 27 says it this way. Or Revelation 21, verse number 4. And God <laughs> shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. <laughs> Glory to God. Boy, there's been people that are part of our church that have wept today because of the sorrow of a loss, because of death, 
Those that have sorrowed and because of those that have wept today because there's been pain in the world, because there have been suffering in the world, because there's disease in the world, because of these things that there have been weeping. But thank God there's coming a day where we're not going to cry anymore. There's coming a day when God shall wipe away all the tears of sorrow and, 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 and all those shed. There's been ones that have done this. But I love this when I begin to look at this verse. It, it excited me. Why? Because uh, I know that I'm one that I'm, I'm kind of weird. Um, you don't have to say amen to that, Brother Wade. Thank you. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of weird. And I love to study these words that they mean. And that, that word actually is one word that's used, shall wipe away, is actually one word there in the Greek that is used. And it actually means this, to obliterate. To do away with, yes. To obliterate, to, to, to erase, to wipe out, to blot out, to make no more. See, part of the suffering that we have in this world is the fact that we may get rid of a little suffering for a little while today. Why does the world turn to these things and try to say, hey, if I just get a little relief for a little bit, if I'll get a little bit of relief for just a little while, why do they turn to all these different things? Because they have not turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. They need the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because there's coming a day when we may have a little bit of relief on this world. But thank God when we get to heaven... Hallelujah. Glory to God. When we get to glory, God is going to obliterate, wipe away, erase, wipe out, and, and, and take away those, uh, those things that we have. What are those things? He's going to wipe away every tear from our eye. And look at this. And there shall be no more death. As I look around, I'm sure that there's not one person that has not been touched by death in some way, form, or fashion. My... Death is something that is always continuing to rear its ugly head. Consequence, but thank God that God is going to do away with that. No more death. And look what it says also, neither sorrow. Well, because there's no death, there will be no sorrow. There'll be no mourning. There'll be no grief. There'll be no problems uh, because of that. Because of death being gone. Because of God making all things right. And then neither crying. And neither shall there be uh, uh, nor crying. And when you get a look at that crying, it's a, a cry of sorrow. It's, it's a wailing. Have you ever had someone or saw someone in so much pain? And so much sorrow? Or so much problem in their life that they didn't know. They didn't know what to express. They couldn't express with words all they could do was just wail. All they could do is just cry out. They could cry out in pain. And that's exactly what God is talking about. There, there'll be no more of that. Why? Because God is going to make all things new. Boy, it refers to those outbursts of life. Grief arising because of the affliction, because of oppression, because of violence in our world that we have. And all those things will be wiped away and put away. Thank the God for that. And... and Neither shall there be any more pain. When you look at that word, any more actually goes, it's a thing which went on formerly, whereas now because of a different state or existence, it has ceased to exist. Any more. Because, how can I get this right? How can I help y'all? Because God has set up a new place. 
Hallelujah. Because God has set up a new place for you and I to abide forever. Because we don't have to worry with these things of this world anymore. Because God has set this up. Those things no longer exist. They existed in the past. They existed before. Formerly, they were there. But thank God, thanks be to God, that there is coming a day where those things will no longer exist. Why? Because God has made us new. Because Oh, glory to God, I feel like shouting right there. Because God has made us into a completely new thing. Because God has made us a new creation in Him. Because He's done away with these things. And He's caused us to to be able to exist in these things. Why? Because God is forever loving and merciful to each and every one of us. And you say, well, what is it no more of? Pain. What's that pain? The thing that, 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 that troubles, that anguish, that misery, that toil. All of us have gone through these times of pain. And I think the reason that some of that we don't really get it is because we don't know, we don't understand, because we've never had a world where it's not existed. What a wonderful, wonderful thing we have to look forward to. What a wonderful city. What a wonderful home that we have to look forward to. No sickness, no calamity. No more problems. Why? Because the former things, the first things, but they are no longer. They've all gone in the past. But then this is something that I really truly believe should convict each and every one of us because there's no sinners there. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the thought, my four and no more, doesn't fit this passage. Why? Because there's no sinners there. There'll be none that ever enter into that place with sin or guile in their life. They cannot because God cannot allow that there. You say, Brother Shane, I know a lot of people that are sinners. I I do too. I know people that are sinners. And I'm a sinner saved by grace. Praise God. But I know a lot of people that have not trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Brother Tag, you know what that makes me want to do? Go tell them about Jesus. Because as great as all of those things are going to be, as wonderful as no more pain, no more death, no more sorrow, none of those things ever existing anymore, we don't have to deal with any of those things anymore. As wonderful as that is, what if there's one of your loved ones that's not there? Shouldn't that make us want to go out and tell everybody we come in contact with, especially our loved ones, I have folks in my family that I want to be able to tell about Jesus Christ and I, I want the, the doors to open up. I want God to open up the door. But there are only those that have trusted in Jesus Christ. None of the unsaved, none of the sinners will be there. You say, Brother Shane, how do you say that? Because the Word of God says that. John chapter number 3, verse number 18, Jesus says, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. Condemnation will come upon those people. Those that have not trusted in Jesus Christ will not be there. Your deeds will not get you there. Your good works will not get you there. Your righteousness will not get you there. Isaiah 64, 6 says that our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. In the sight of God, 
Titus, uh, Titus chapter number 3, verse number 5, not of works of righteousness which we have done. We've tried to do all those things. That will not get you there. It is only by the blood of Jesus Christ. Brother John, that makes me want to go tell somebody about Jesus. That makes me want to go out into the highways and the byways and tell somebody about Jesus Christ because I don't want anyone that ever, surely anyone that walks through the doors of Harvest Baptist Tabernacle, I do not want anyone to go to hell. I want them to be in heaven. But we've got to tell them and spread the news. And I'm thankful that we have a pastor and we have a group of people that that unashamedly tell people that Jesus Christ is the answer and the only way. Revelation chapter number 21, verse number 8, the Bible says this, But the fearful and the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. My. See, what amazes me, Brother Earl, can I, can I get excited? <laughs> what amazes me is that some of those same things that are listed in that verse, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, Paul puts a list together and some of those same things are there. You say, well, what's the difference between Revelation 21 verse number 8 and 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 uh, verse number 11, 12, 13? Why is it that some of them are able to get there? Because it just said that none of them are going to get there. He made that list and then he said, and such were some of you. (laughs) That means that I no longer am in that state. That means that I'm no longer participating in those things. I'm no longer. Why? Because I am washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Why is it that I'm able to walk into the portals of heaven? Because I am washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Why is it that I'll be able to go before the throne of God and bow down and cast my hounds before Him? Because I am washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I've been touched by the Savior. I've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that I I have the opportunity to know him because I, I have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now I want to go and tell everybody I can that ye must be born again. Hallelujah. What a wonderful thing. We're going to look at this. I, I, gotta, I don't have to hurry. <laughs> I don't have to hurry. But the things that will be there, those are the things that are not going to be there. But there are going to be some things that will absolutely, I don't know that we'll wear socks in heaven, but it'll knock your socks off. I know my wife will, bless God. She wears socks all the time because her feet are always ice. Hallelujah. I saw some people pointing at somebody. Amen. But there's something to look forward to. There's something to look forward to, to know that there are wonderful blessings and promises that we can look forward to. First thing is... Pastor preached awesome Sunday morning. Joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable. You can't put words into it. You ever just get into one of those situations and you try to explain, well, well, this is the way it... Well, you just had to be there. I can't explain it. I can't put it into words. I don't know how to put it into words. Why? Because it's joy unspeakable. 
What a wonderful thing that we have. First Corinthians chapter number 2, it says this, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear hath heard what hath entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared, prepared for them that love Him. Joy is what no man can take away from each and every one of us, but it is in great abundance when we get to heaven. Why is joy so abundant? Because the believers of Jesus Christ all get to spend eternity with their Savior. Hallelujah. You ever get to a, a, a good old, good old fashioned family reunion? Oh, oh, brother Jeffrey's been to them. Amen. Brother Jeffrey probably been to those ones like me, where they grab your cheeks. Your aunts do. They grab your cheeks and they pull them all around and they kiss you, and you got lipstick all over you. Hallelujah! That's when I was a kid. Now the last one that I went to, they said, "Jane, you got fat." I said, well, God bless you. Well, you go to those family reunions and you just have a good time. And, and I know that especially dad, he doesn't get to see his family a lot. And several of you that, that don't get to see your family, y'all live out of state or so, your family lives out of state. And you get to go spend the time and you don't want to leave. You don't want to leave. You just want to spend more time with them. You just want to enjoy that fellowship that you're having with them. You know what the wonderful news about heaven is? We don't have to come back. Hallelujah. We get to be there forever. We get to joy, but get to be with the joy of God and be with the saints of old and with the saints of God and with the, all the believers. We get to be with them and bask in the, the glory of God for all eternity. Revelation 7 actually says this. And as after this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number. And of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues. Let me go ahead and say. Those people that say that the gospel is only for certain kinds of people. Wrong. Revelation chapter number 7 verse number 9. Just debunked you. All kindred. All nations. All tongues. It's not for select people. It's not for these and not those. But it's for all. And there will be all types of people. Stood where before the throne and before the Lamb. Clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. And cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. To be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord forevermore. There is no delay in the time in which you close your eyes in death and open into eternal bliss. Can you, can you imagine closing your eyes? Boy, there's been loved ones of people in this sanctuary that have done this just recently, closed their eyes for the last time, taking their last breath, Brother James, but open their eyes to their Savior. Say, well, what else is it going to be? God, Him, Self. And I heard a great voice in Revelation 21, verse number 3 says, Out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with thee, with them and be their God. God himself will be there, and Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. 1998, my grandmother on my dad's side, or my mom's side rather, closed her eyes in death.
My Paul Paul, I was sitting by his bedside that night. To be honest with you, that was one of those nights that I just said, Mom, you need to go home and get a little rest. And she said, but I'm afraid, Shane, that if I go... Yes, ma'am, I understand. But I sat there with Paul Paul, and it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. Paul Paul had been gasping for breath. His eyes had been closed for quite some time. But around 3 a.m., something happened. Somebody knocked on the door. It wasn't the physical door, by the way. And to be honest with you, I didn't hear the knock. Oh, Brother John, I'm going to run, glory to God. I didn't hear the knock. I didn't hear the voice call. But my papa did. My, pa, my papa sure did. Because as he had his eyes and he was gasping for breath, all of a sudden, those eyes lit up. And his, not a tooth in his head, his mouth opened. And I believe that he got to do what he sang about for years and years and years. Shake the nail-scarred hands of my Savior. You say, do you believe, Brother Shane, that God sends angels? No. I believe God comes himself. Why? For the Lord himself. I'll go to prepare a place for you and I will come again and receive you unto myself. So I believe, now the rest of you, you may come with me and you may want to go have a debate and all that sort of stuff and, and, and I'll listen, but you got a wrong to, you got a, you got a right to be wrong if you want to, glory to God. But when that believer closes their eyes in death, to be able to reach out shake the Savior's hand, the one that they've trusted on, the one that they have the one that they have longed for for years and years and years. The one that we as pastor preached about Sunday morning that have not seen yet believing for years and they trust Him and then they see Him face to face. See, my papa actually sang this verse of this song. It said, There I'll walk down the street of that city and face to face I will see the Son of Man. There I'll bow before my Lord just to praise Him. And then I'll reach out and shake the Savior's hand. See, we can rejoice in the promise of God and and be happy to know that There's a heaven that's waiting just over the horizon. That Jesus told us to have faith in Him. Because He said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let our hearts be troubled today. Paul said it this way. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. See, I'm looking forward to a great day. I had a friend of mine that says, I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the upper taker. 
That's the one that I'm looking forward to. And praise God that I'm looking forward to a city whose builder and maker is God Almighty. But I'm thankful that I have the opportunity. Why? Because I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And every man, woman, boy, or girl has the same opportunity to trust them as their Savior. What an eternal, wonderful home that we have to look forward to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this day.